And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. It's straight out of Cobham, a show about Chelsea FC from The Athletic. On this episode, oh, William. Oh, Joao. Oh, Graham. Oh, God. Plus, the WSL returns. We preview Sunday's game against Crystal Palace and do a quiz. Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad-free on The Athletic. This is Straight out of Cobham. Oh, listener, what are we going to do with this football team? Hey, uh, we are reconvened again to talk about another Chelsea defeat. Unfortunately, primarily, there will be better news later on in the podcast when we look ahead to the return of the WSL. But for now, we're going to start with Fulham against Chelsea. The week in question, me, Matt Davis-Adams. I'm joined today by the Athletics Chelsea expert, Simon Johnson. Good morning, Simon. Hello. <laughs> Love it. Positive energy at the start of this podcast. Sam Parkin, you're you going to bring some good vibes today? Hiya, mate. Tremendous to see you. Oh, lovely. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to get through this together. Positivity's the way forward, listener. Uh, we are going to start, though, with another negative. Fulham versus Chelsea on Thursday night. Herrera digs out across. Caparazzo and Parker. And get down. It's headed in by Carlos Vinicius. His first Fulham goal could well be the winner. We're in a bad moment, a bad run. We came here with ambition to win and, and we haven't done it, so we feel for the supporters. We're upset, so we uh, we have to deal with it and we have to recover. Right, we're recording mere hours after the latest episode in the Slapstick series that is Chelsea season 2022-23. A 2-1 defeat at Fulham means the Blues remain as close to the relegation zone as they are to the top four points-wise. Liam and Lucy were both at Craven Cottage. Here's how they saw the game. Producer Lucy here at Craven Cottage, alongside Liam. Uh, a game that sums up Chelsea season. Two minutes that sum up Chelsea season, Liam. <laughs> to make it clear, I'm not laughing at Chelsea's misfortune, but I think you have to laugh at the absurdity of what we saw today. You know, it was crazy that Joao Felix even started this game only 30 hours after signing for the club. Then he's easily the best player on the pitch. You know, I thought sensational for, what, 57, 58 minutes without scoring. Lifted the whole attack. And then that tackle, as much as he tried to escape Simeone, the spirit of Simeone's in him now. And it just seems to be... I apologise if Graham Potter goes on to use this line in his press conference, but when it never rains, it pours. Um... You know, the, the red card was just crazy, completely changes the game. Although you have to say, Chelsea's problem started with 11. As good as the attacking chemistry was, you know, Felix and Havertz really slick linking up. The defence was built on sand. Individually, collectively, I thought every single Chelsea defender had a horror show in the first half. They were maybe a little bit better in the second. Um, and I actually thought they responded quite well to the red card. They kept, for a little while, they kept the ball better with 10 than they had with 11. 
but then the lapse for the winning goal as well you know that you get a man sent off there's no reason that has to be a loss necessarily um, but Kepa getting caught under the ball leaving across again you know for the uh, after the City game with that fresh in the mind it just feels like Chelsea find ways to concede and they can't find a way to score consistently and that's a that's a recipe for defeats and and it's another defeat that I think really damages Graham Potter. The one thing we don't know is how patient the owners will be. I watched Potter go up to the fans um, at the final whistle. Fair to say it was a mixed reception. Not all of the players went over. Um, Silva and Aspilicueta did and got really good receptions. I think Silva remains unimpeachable in the eyes of the, the fan base. Very few others do. Just a, a really crazy, crazy day. Even by Chelsea standards, don't you think? Oh, I was going to ask about the mood because obviously the Chelsea fans were chanting we are staying up when that equaliser went in and it was a fantastic ball from Mason Mount and it felt like that was going to... He was running around like a maniac. It felt like that was going to be maybe a tale of fortunes but not to be. Going into Palace now, the Dom Derby. Oh, that atmosphere on Sunday is going to be something quite interesting to behold. It's going to be tough. I think the one thing that might take the edge off are all the Viali tributes that are planned, you know... You're not going to come into the stadium and immediately start abusing Graham Potter when you're paying tribute to a legendary former manager. But once the game starts, if things start going wrong for Chelsea again, and in particular, if their, if their attack looks as insipid as it has done before Felix arrived, things could turn very, very quickly. And like I said, we don't, the owners have not been in this position. This is the first coach that they've hired. Um, and we don't know how long the patience will, will last, but it's certainly being tested. Kai Havertz's glove is laying out on the pitch just outside the 18-yard box. That is a metaphor for me for Chelsea's season. And we go on to Crystal Palace. We roll on to the next straight out of Cobham. Hello, Matt. Hello, Simon. Hello, Sam. Have fun analysing that one. Oh, Daft Punk on the PA. Daft Decisions on the pitch um it's been a good three-year ride for me doing this podcast but i think lucy's just put me out of a job there um anyway it was nice uh simon joel felix he was pretty good for a while wasn't he and then he kind of caught chelsea-itis and got himself sent off yeah i mean he probably broke the record for player to get a chant you know in his chelsea career i think it was about five minutes and that's probably a conservative estimate, which also sort of indicates Chelsea fans didn't have much else to sing about to start the game. You know, they thought, right, let's focus on the new signing. Who, who came into the game, for starters, it was obviously a shock that he was, a little bit of a shock that he was in the first eleven, given he'd only arrived almost straight from Heathrow and gone straight to Craven Cottage. But there's been all this chat about, oh, you know, this kind of sneering chat about Chelsea signing this guy and what they're doing, what they're thinking, seeming to ignore the fact that Pulisic's out for two months, Raheem Sterling's out for however long he's out for, and that the Chelsea attack has been underperforming. So I, I didn't have a big problem with this signing. And the way he started out, you were just sitting there quite sort of watching it going, oh, OK, yeah, I really don't have a problem with this signing. He he did energise the team and the fan base and was looking good. And then he did that old... I remember seeing it for the first time, sort of this, this kind of challenge that you get punished for by the referee. 
the first time that it came into my consciousness was Italia 90 when Paul Gascoigne got that yellow card, which meant he missed the, the World Cup final. It's the classic, oh, I've miscontrolled it, and in my desperation to make amends, I lunge in. Um, but unfortunately, Israel Felix, um, yeah, it was it was a bad tackle. It wasn't as bad as some have made out. He did, you could tell he he did sort of pull out a little bit, so the contact wasn't as bad as it could have been. But no dispute, it was a red card, and and with that, you just you almost just had to laugh <laughs> because you just go the one bright spark that Chelsea have had in in recent weeks, and um, yeah, he's now out for a month through suspension. Just missing Cesar Azpilicueta looking to the bench and saying, have a word with him, Gary Lineker. <laughs> yeah. <style. laughs> um, yeah. Sam, uh, we all remember your red card for Swindon against Bradford in September 2004. <laughs> you ever been um, too keen to, to make a good first impression on a debut for a club? I normally channeled it in a good performance, actually, Matt. I was good scoring on my debuts. There was no need for anger management on too many debuts. Um, just touch on what Simon said there. It was almost... The camera almost panned from Zachariah being marched around the side of the pitch. Marched is the wrong terminology, but walking around the pitch to the tunnel to the phase of play, the next phase of play where um, Jao Felix gets sent off. So, I mean, it was just a disastrous minute for all the reasons that Simon said, because he was the one bright spark. And Liam tweeted about Jao Felix's performance, how it had kind of inspired something out of Kai Havertz and... That was my thought process exactly watching that first hour or whatever it was. It wasn't so much the combinations. It was just the sharpness of his play. It was the unpredictability. And I've spoken, I spoke on the last podcast about the lack of pattern of play. And I think that's still evident. I think there was just an unpredictability about Chelsea last night. There was an excitement when he got the ball. He did things one and two touch. He ran behind, which we haven't had for weeks, it would seem. And that opens up space for others. So, Unquestionably, that got something out of Kai Havertz last night. Well, thank goodness, after his last few performances. And yeah, what a shame to now be missing him for for three games. I think that's too harsh a punishment. That's opening up a can of worms, isn't it? Three games for that? Yeah, I know what you mean. Do you mean, know what I mean? They won't appeal it, will they, Simon? Because no, it, they no, can't it wouldn't, appeal it wouldn't it, get no. turned over, would it? No chance. No, no, there's no, no, no point. Did you all enjoy Peter Walton's line? Welcome to the Premier League, which made no sense whatsoever. <laughs> Adam Hurry's already across it, Matt. So, um, so it wasn't it wasn't just me. My ears pricked up. I have no clue what the context is there. I, I think pricked up is quite a good term to use. <laughs> oh, you crack. said it. <laughs> uh, um, right. So I didn't actually watch this game because it was my wife's birthday. So lucky me and lucky her. But what I get from from the highlights I've seen from Lucy and Liam's voice note and from what we've said so far, Simon, was that basically Chelsea looked quite good going forward, but very, very bad defensively. Would that be fair? Yes. Um, I'm, I mean, basically, Fulham... Uh, there's a lot of people saying that Fulham deserve to win. And I understand. I think you always hear that phrase trotted out uh, when a team wins, etc. But basically, Chelsea were the masters of their own downfall um, again. Because basically Fulham's chances all came from Chelsea mistakes. I mean, it, it, you saw the Chalaber. Chalaber, I'm a big fan of Trevor Chalaber, but that was his worst game for Chelsea. Like, I don't know what, what happened, whether the lack of game time he's had for a while has, has, has just taken him out of the rhythm, but I haven't seen Chalaber defend that poorly. And of course, it was his, for starters, it was his sort of 
bad header, which led to the chance that, that when Fulham hit the crossbar for William, of course he had to score. I mean, I even tweeted on the uh, my my piece, my interview with him um, on the day of the game, where I had the foresight to ask him about playing Chelsea, because uh, I've seen interviewed him a few months ago, and he said, I won't celebrate, I've got too much respect for them, but I'll give my all for Fulham. And I'll try and score. And of course, he scores off a deflection of Chalaba. Perfect. That's the kind of luck that Chelsea are having as well. In off the post, might I add. Again, perfect luck. But Lewis Hall, you know, is is a kid of um, undoubted potential. And, and I really like him. But he, he wins the ball on the left and then bizarrely tries to dribble out with it. When he's got two Fulham players in front of him, loses it. Cross comes in. Chalaba doesn't get the... The good connection, Chalabad falls for the Williams sort of main party trick, which is that little jink to cut inside. And and then for the winner, it's Chalabad loses Carlos Vinicius at the back post and Kepper, who had a real renaissance before the World Cup, is now showing again why Chelsea are looking for a goalkeeper because, you know, that was... Poor goalkeeping again from across. A um, he was guilty of poor goalkeeping for the for the winner for Man City, um, where people are going, "What? Why didn't he go for it?" And and this time he went for it when the, he should have done because the ball was going over his head and left Carlos Vinicius with an open goal. So yeah, very disappointing because if you actually look at how, how many sort of actual chances Fulham created. Uh, they didn't create that many from uh, their own play. It was Chelsea sort of tripping over themselves again. Uh, yeah, on William, I want to give a shout out to Sam and I's Chelsea TV colleague, Olivia Bazaglo, who um, predicted on our Chelsea TV group chat that William would score in the 28th minute and she was only three minutes out. So I think that's fairly impressive. There was a sense of the inevitable about that for sure. And also, Sam, I feel like there was a sense of uh, inevitability about somebody else getting injured. And it's Dennis Zakaria. And, you know, two months ago, you might have said, oh, well, was he playing in the Chelsea team, was he? Whereas now he's the most informed midfielder. So as Liam said, never rains, but it pours. No, and I thought his his position was important last night. It, it looked to me as if Mount and, and Kovacic played a little bit more advanced of him. So he was kind of the midfield enforcer. And uh, with a series of problems that Chelsea have got, no wing-backs kind of in the, the, the same ilk of Chilwell and, and James, there's no midfield enforcer really with Kante missing, someone to break up the play. So Zakaria kind of became that, I think, with his last few performances and last night. So he becomes a big hole to fill for the weekend. Unquestionably, he's become an important player, shown really good qualities. So it's just another catalogue. And yeah, I can't really add anything more to what Simon said. But at the moment, the, the well, last night, the defensive display was was woeful, wasn't it? In the opening, opening half, Thiago Silva had a tough night against Vinicius. We haven't said that too often. And it looks well short of how they were defensively last year. And the goalkeeper comes into that as well, because a year ago, Mendy was faultless almost. All of a sudden, Kepa's hit a little bit of a dip and um, really poor goals to concede. The, the second one, Chalabur took a couple of steps towards the ball, which was a bit peculiar. I'm not sure if he saw something in his eye line. And then Kepa, once he's committed to come, he's got to come and punch that or come and try and deal with it or he has to stay on his line. He didn't either. So it was a really bad goal to to concede. And I don't know who plays at the weekend. 
it's it's becoming really difficult to predict what type of lineup Graham Potter is going to go with because the numbers are so low. Simon, on um, on Kepper and, and Zacharia, it's interesting that Gabriel Slanina seems to have been around the first team a little bit in the last few weeks. Is there any chance they'll they'll throw him in at some stage? And, and do you think that if Zacharia's injury is bad, we don't know as we record on Friday morning, would that mean that they might have another little nibble at getting Enzo Fernandez this month? Um, Slanina, no, I can't see it. Um, I think he's just he's just being around the place to to get to know the club. You can't throw in a, a rookie. Although, to be honest, the way Chelsea's season is going, can we rule anything out? I mean, <laughs> maybe near the end of the season when they're they're fighting to secure that twelfth spot in the table. And as for midfield, I've been told that Enzo Fernandez isn't. The deal isn't dead, totally, but I think it's going to take some remarkable change, and I can't see that happening in terms of someone's going to have to alter their stance. Benfica have been pretty firm all along. Um, they want the, the 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 clause, the full clause. Um, Chelsea don't want to pay that fee, so I, I can't see how that's going to change. I think I think Benfica have also been a little bit upset by how negotiations have, have taken place. So, yeah, the, the Benfica coach sort of seems to think it's over. But that's not saying another midfielder isn't coming, though. And I think this may step up their bid. Um, I was told yesterday uh, that Casiedo is, is very much the one they're, they're pushing for. That's the Brighton midfielder. Moises. Yeah, I don't know what the link is there. Um, <laughs> and uh, clearly a player of, of, of some talent. You know, he's, he's done well for Brighton. But at the same time, are Brighton going to want to sell? You know, they're having a good season themselves. They're going to be pretty hard to negotiate with, I would imagine. They're above Chelsea in the table. Um, got an outside chance of making a European place. Um, so we'll see. Um but uh, but I I will be surprised. Certainly, what I can say right now, Chelsea will be making more attempts to sign players this window. Whether they get them or not is another thing. But but I don't think the uh, the ambition to sign players has stopped by any means because they can see that, that there are a number of areas of the pitch that need fixing. Sam, in terms of the um, the squad who are there in situ at the moment, how important is it that that they? show some sort of backing for, for Graham Potter, whether that's in, in training or on match days or, or how they conduct themselves in interviews or whatever, because I thought Potter looked pretty weary after the game last night. Really, for the first time, that, that energy seemed to have dipped from him. He, he's going to need some support from his players, isn't he? Yeah, and we, I think I said it prior to this this fixture. You just need people to fight for the cause now. And I thought the the supporters seemed to be in good spirits in the first half. There was a few jovial chants and, and what have you, and they went through their, their repertoire in the second half. And um, it was only on the final whistle. The camera showed the away end and there was a bit of a split. A few people for probably for the first time giving Graham Potter a little bit of stick. But my feeling is there still has to be a little bit of realism about the situation. Six or seven players not available, you could argue, are starters. So it's a really tough period that they're trying to navigate now. But we go into a game against a a team Crystal Palace who you would nine times out of 10 on the statistics back it up in the last decade, don't they? Chelsea should win this game if they don't, 
I think we're talking about a, a different kettle of fish. I, I really am. I think you can, because of the circumstances last night, the performance of Felix papers over the cracks a little bit, the manner of the goals they conceded, playing with 10. By the way, they played well for 10, 15 minutes with the 10 men. They were still in control of the game. Two really disappointing goals. I think it becomes a different proposition, different conversation if they lose at home to Crystal Palace. I don't know what Simon thinks, but I'm just thinking about the the feeling at the end of the game last night. I think most people are like me, are realistic that a, a new coach, a change now would be would be a waste of time with the amount of players out because what you're going to get a you're going to get an upturn from a team that's struggling in the in the type of Premier League games where you'd all expect Chelsea to win. You know you're not going to get an upturn. Needs players back. Needs time. If Chelsea lose to Crystal Palace, I'm going to wear a different hat than I'm wearing right now. It's going to be a metal one, like a you know soldier job, because I think I might need it, and I might bring one for Graham as well. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, just to cheer you up a little bit, here's the Athletics Duncan Alexander tweeting that Chelsea now have the exact same record after 18 Premier League games as Blackpool did in 2010-11. Blackpool, of course, got relegated. But, but as I said, I think before, I saw a stat last night that I think Chelsea still have seven more points than they did at this stage uh, in 2015-16. So they haven't quite emulated the Mourinho season yet. And they 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 haven't had some unseemly row with a, a club doctor. They just they just got rid of him instead. We can always count on Simon to bring the positivity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that was Fulham. Next up, we're going to have a look ahead to that massive game against Crystal Palace. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer, if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. The second game of this week's crucial Derby doubleheader takes place on Sunday at Stamford Bridge. Crystal Palace are the visitors. Uh, Sam, here's some good news. They've only won one of their last six in all competitions. That was at Bournemouth. They've only won two of their eight Premier League away games this season. Dom's been telling us that it's been pretty underwhelming. Um, this is a good opportunity, isn't it? I know we said that for weeks and weeks, it feels like, but you're playing a, a team that are in poor form, that don't score loads of goals at home. It's going to be an emotional day with the tributes to Gianluca Vialli before the match. It, it feels like it, it's now or never almost for, for Chelsea to get that W that they so urgently need. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it should be a really good atmosphere for you know the reasons that you, you stated. I didn't realise just how good the record was against Crystal Palace. I think we spoke off air the other day about that defeat when Benteke scored. Is it 2015, the last time Palace? I think it was one in 2017 as well, 2017, wasn't it, Simon? Yeah. When, when uh, 
Chelsea were just about to win the league and Sam Allardyce was the Palace manager. Didn't realise the quiz had started. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I didn't realise how, you know, how immaculate Chelsea have been in this, in this fixture. So absolutely a great opportunity. Selection-wise, I think Chuck Wameka probably comes into the reckoning uh, with with Jao Felix missing. Don't know the reasoning behind Fofana, obviously not getting an opportunity. It was probably needs must at, at, at Manchester City the other day. Probably short of fitness, needs to get him up to speed. Badia Chile as well, obviously on the bench last night. So there's a few options. And again, I didn't think I'd probably be saying this today. It looks like maybe a couple of the players that we've um, discussed already today may have to come out. You know, if he has the the luxury of making a few changes, so yeah, expect the the team to be freshened up. And cool, an early goal would um would do wonders. Is it just um what was it scored the first goal twice in the last ten games? Is it now? So that's clearly a bit of an issue as well, reoccurring theme. So that'll certainly get the the crowd on side. And as I just touched on, this is a I think this is a a big game, a big game to try and turn things around. What are you doing selection-wise, Simon? Did Badi Ashile maybe get a start? What about Conor Gallagher, who, of course, got the winner when these two met earlier in the season? Do you think he might he might get a, a run as well and add something against his old team? Possibly, although although Conor, you have to say, has not been not in great form um, like so many. Um, what, what was quite interesting at, at Fulham was having spoken to his senior players... Uh, for the senior players that, as Graham Potter revealed in his pre-match press conference, Chelsea switched to three at the back again. Like he has been sort of playing four um, increasingly in recent weeks, but it's almost like, oh, I wonder if the players had said something that that we need three at the back. That the tried and trusted formation didn't actually pay off, though, did it? In terms of defensive solidity. But that does, depending if he plays three or four, it does make an impact on selection. If it's a four, I can't see see the centre back pairing being anything other than Silver and and Koulibaly. Um, he seems to be trying to get those two, and certainly Koulibaly seems to be trying to get get him a run in the side. Midfield is a big concern for me, um, you know, because of what we've already talked about, Zachariah. But uh, also, Kovacic has come back from the World Cup and been very disappointing. I thought he had another poor game. Uh, against Fulham. Jorginho, I think he's just counting down the days till he gets his move. I've been told he's off. And to be honest, it looks like he's going through the motions right now. So yeah, I, I would go, I, I would like to go for youth. This is my long-winded way of answering the question as always. I'd like Carnes in there. Carnes, a bit of Carnes. And yeah, why not? Why not lob Connor in there at some point? But yeah, I just don't know what the balance of the team will look like, though, with the three or the four at the back, because that does obviously have a huge impact on who plays elsewhere. Any credence, Sam, in, in putting Trevor Chalaber into midfield if Kovacic and Jorginho aren't doing it? I know he, he stunk up the cottage last night, but but he can play there too, can't he? Yeah, he can. Um, I don't know if there'll be the necessity to tinker too much in that. In that area, I mean, in terms of bringing like a ball-winning midfield player in, he may feel he can get away with playing Jorginho or Kovacic in there, or the the, the pair of them. Um, and yeah, that was a difficult, difficult ninety minutes for him last night. Not to go over it again, but obviously he played a part in the first goal as well. Simon, I don't know what you felt. This has been incredibly harsh. This is an old forward player talking, but I thought he could have probably done better with a block from William Strike as well. 
it wasn't the most fiercely struck shot you've ever seen. And I felt that he could have probably sorted his feet out or maybe got a stronger block on the ball. Maybe I'm being harsh there, but yeah, really difficult night. And Graham Potter may seem fit to, to, to maybe give him a little bit of a blow at the, get him out of the, the firing line somewhat, but Obviously, the, he hasn't got the luxury of too many players to pick from. So I'd be very surprised if he if he put him into midfield. But, you know, it's a, it's an option if numbers diminish further in that, that position. Simon, bi-weekly question on Graham Potter. Does he have to win this game or, or are we still of the belief that whatever happens, he's staying in charge? That will be part of my read, um, joint read with Liam, what's going on at Chelsea. Set aside three or four hours to uh, to get through that one then, listener, if it's uh, <laughs> what's going on at Chelsea. It might be a lengthy one. I'll try and keep it I'll try and keep it reasonable, uh, partly because my deadline isn't that far away and I'm <laughs> I'm talking to you instead of writing it. But no, I mean I still I still don't see any let's just say those that those that want him out aren't gonna get their wish anytime soon. Good. Gotta give him the time to try and work with some fit players, I think would certainly help him um, somewhat. Let's see if anybody's back for the game against Crystal Palace on Sunday. Whatever happens in that, we'll break it down for you in our Monday pod. But next today, let's change the tone and talk about something positive. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Right, the WSL returns this weekend and for Chelsea that means one of, if not the key game of the season. It's Arsenal away, Chelsea three points clear of them at the top of the table, albeit having played a game more. Uh, The game goes down at high noon on Sunday at the Emirates. They've sold more than 40,000 tickets for it. Our friend Jesse Parker Humphreys has sent us a little preview. And so, once again, Chelsea fans are left desperately waiting for when the women's team returns. And the good news is they return on Sunday. Uh, Yeah, Chelsea women will be back after just under a month 
long break since their their last game and it's a big one to start 2023 heading to the Emirates to face Arsenal it's first versus second and should be an interesting matchup you know uh, Chelsea were last at the Emirates right at the very start of last season a controversial 3-2 loss that day um, thanks to some interesting uh, officiating with a Chelsea team who were adjusting from from the summer break um going into this game it's definitely focus on arsenal beth mead and viviana Miedema are obviously ruled out long term both of them with acl injuries so i think there's a little bit of pressure on chelsea because they'll definitely be going into the game as favorites given where arsenal are at with their injuries but at the same time i think this is a game where it's much more important for arsenal to win or get a draw at the very least than Chelsea. I think Chelsea will feel that regardless, um, the the bulk of the fixtures are with them. Arsenal have to play City twice, United once and Chelsea again, as well as on Sunday before the season is out, whereas Chelsea have already obviously beaten United and City. Um, some good news in the week as well. Menely Leupoltz back from having had a baby, back in uh, full training and signing a new deal. So heading back into that midfield until 2026, which will be a big boost for a Chelsea side who've struggled, I think, to figure out what the team looks like without Leupoltz in. I think they've just about got there, but uh, now she's back. So they have to figure it out all over again. Um, so, yeah, Sunday, 12 o'clock kickoff at the Emirates. It's, it's going to be a fascinating game and... As I say, I don't think it has to determine where Chelsea season goes next, but a win would definitely be a big, big boost because the games start coming thick and fast after that. Always good to hear from Jesse. Sam, based on what they said there, is there a case to be made that, that Emma Hayes approaches this with a more of a defensive mindset than, than usual because a point would be a good result or is that just not in, in the Chelsea women's team's makeup? Yeah, I do Probably the latter, Matt. I don't think I've ever seen Emma Hayes. Maybe some of those European games in her early years of the Champions League away from home, maybe playing a little bit more on the counter, but no, not here. And especially not given, you know, Arsenal's recent injury woes as well. So this is a great opportunity to open up a six point gap. And yeah, to echo what Jess said there, yeah, the midfield has been a bit patched up. So that is great to have loopholes back in that in that area of the pitch, um, maybe give some of the players that have been filling in for what seems like the entirety of the season an opportunity to play some different roles. So, no, they're they're in great form and, yeah, it's just been a, a great recovery from the opening day defeat at, at Liverpool. So, uh, I saw Jess uh, on Sky Sports doing a sterling job um, last night going through, I think it was the best Chelsea eleven. uh against, well, someone was choosing the, the best Arsenal 11 of WSL history. Um, so, yeah, massive game. And um, hopefully that gap will be six points come the close of play. Simon, I thought this is not something that you, I or Sam are really in a position to offer much comment on. But Jesse mentions Manly Leupoltz there. She gave birth in October and she's going to be back playing professional sport within four months. That is absolutely incredible to my mind. But but a big boost for Chelsea as well to have a, a quality player back in the squad. Yeah, I mean, this is my specialised subject. Um, LAUGHTER uh, <laughs> No, I mean it, it is remarkable. I, I can't even fathom. I mean, it's it's, it's hard enough being a parent. 
just, I, I suppose you do get a bit of exercise running around, you know. Like, oh no, don't do that. Uh, but but we're talking about a, a serious professional sportsman here, um, and it just shows her dedication. Um, not that any woman that takes longer than that isn't dedicated, but it, it's just I can't comprehend it. I can't comprehend actually, sort of, because she she wouldn't have she would have had to have get back running pretty pretty quickly after giving birth. So she's managed to find the time to to get out and do some running, do some training. Um, obviously, Chelsea would be delighted to, to have her available, but um, that all you can do is just say, yeah, the fact she's on the pitch is a testament to her and um, good luck to her, that's what I say, and, and both being a mother and, and playing against Arsenal. Yeah, well, we'll see if she's involved on Sunday. Might come a little bit too soon, but hopefully um, back in the squad soon. Just finally on this game, Sam, another thing to look out for is the needle, isn't it? Because we've got that between Jonas Edeval and Emma Hayes throughout last season from, from FA Cup to this game at the Emirates, actually, which was Edeval's first in charge. And that little bit of spiciness just, just adds to what is already um, a pretty a pretty significant fixture, but also one that's got that, that extra edge to it because it's a London derby. Yeah, didn't Chelsea score a goal or celebrate at the end of the season, mocking the manager as well? Um, that seems like yesterday, that game. I can't believe it was the start of last season. And, and obviously, Chelsea showed their powers of recovery. Very little margin for error last season, con- considering how competitive the league is is becoming and the, the, the more threats there are in terms of powerful clubs. So, again, this season, they, they've shown that. So, yeah, big game. Um, but, yeah... I, I'm confident Chelsea can win. I maybe would have been saying something differently had they not suffered those couple, a couple of big injuries, but this is not the worst time to be playing Arsenal, despite me just seeing they won 9-1 in the Champions League last time out. So hopefully they won't have their shooting boots. Yeah, fascinating game. And you can see the um, the progress that the, the women's game's made since that game last season. I was reading the BBC Match Report about it and they were boasting the fact that there were more than 8,000 people at the Emirates watching the game and they've sold more than 40,000 tickets for this one um, just over a year later. Whatever happens, we'll fill you in on Monday. Uh, elsewhere in Chelsea news, the under-21s won 2-0 at Leicester in PL2 on Monday night. Dion Rankin and Charlie Webster got the goals in the first half. It means Mark Robinson's team are 10 games unbeaten in the league ahead of their match with Wolves at King. Meadow tonight as we record that's Friday Uh, the under 18s have a league game at Norwich on Saturday their FA Youth Cup fourth round tie against Cambridge United will now take place next Thursday that's the 19th of January 7pm kickoff for that one right big show today always time for a quiz though Lads, you'll be pleased to know this one is based uh, loosely on Chelsea and Crystal Palace, but I feel like we've probably done four or five quizzes on Chelsea and Crystal Palace. I, I've had to, to reach a little bit for some of these questions, and um, I'm pleased Shows that Christmas has passed, uh, because I don't think I'll be getting any cards from either of you two. Um, Simon, you can go first. I'm sorry. Um, who did former Chelsea and current Palace defender Mark Gurhey win his first England cap against in March of last year? Oh, oh, it's one of those <laughs> March last year. March last year. I'm going to try Hungary. Sam, do you want to steal it? Can't even think of a country. <laughs> <laughs> um, somewhere in Eastern Europe, I think. 
You need to be more specific than that, I'm afraid. <laughs> um, Hungary. Mm, Bulgaria. Switzerland was the answer that we were looking for. No, uh, I was, was thinking. I was win. thinking UEFA Nations League. Mm, well, never mind. It was a friendly. Um, England won. Yeah, two, that, right? yeah, yeah. I thought it might have been, but yeah, I was just trying to think of the competitions back then. This isn't a friendly. This is a competitive fixture. Here's your first question, Sam. Other than Gerhi, which other former Chelsea academy player is part of the Palace first team squad? Michael Elise, Michael Elise. Very good. 1 0. Bit of pressure. I think that's now. the song, but that's the right answer. No, yeah, I did that. wonder what you were doing there, but I thought we'd just uh, skim over it. So run down the wing for me type. Oh, song, okay. I didn't get that yeah, at all. I Michael Elise, run down the wing for I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Simon, second question. Probably need to get this to be fair. Uh, this fixture last season what? was notable <laughs> for Trevor Chalaber scoring his first Chelsea goal on his home and Premier League debut. He scored three further goals last season. Who did he score them against? Oh. <laughs> I almost swore then. <laughs> Norwich? Is correct. Burnley is incorrect, but I'm going to give you two more guesses. Can't you come to me at this stage? Because I've got it. I can see it. Mind games. Hang on. That looks a bit like you're looking at your computer screen there, Simon. Yeah, I'm getting slacked. Okay. All right. You're not on Trevor Jalaba's soccer base page, promise. Oh, I wish. Um, da, 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 da. Oh, I can't be bothered. I've got too much work to do. Go and steal it, Sam. I think it was at the bridge, and I think it was flicked on, and he turned it home at the far post against Southampton. Southampton is correct. There's one yeah, more was, to get for I the point. Pitch, yeah. I was picturing the goal. I couldn't think of who it was. Yeah, go on then. Last one. Oh, there's another one. There's one more to get, yeah. Um, home or away? Home. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't ask for clues. Kill, dude. <laughs> Didn't score in that one, did he? Um, no. We'll have to get this for the steal. What about um, Watford? Incorrect, I'm afraid, and couldn't really be much more wrong. It was Juventus in the Champions mm. League. Was the other one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, sorry, I just, I just, um, for some reason, I thought you said all Premier League. No. But not that I would have got Juventus, by the way. I just I, I said Premier League. I, that it was his Premier League debut, but you know, it's uh, still. What's the score, Matt? What's the it's score? It's one nil to you, Sam. After right. one yeah, question for you, still that, Sam. Sam. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your second question, um, Sam. Also, yeah. in that three 0 win against Palace at the Bridge last season, when Chalobah scored, a former Chelsea academy player who is currently out on loan in the EFL stepped off the bench to make his Palace debut. Who was it? You know this. You 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 know this. A former Chelsea academy player made his yeah. debut for Palace in this game. Yeah, and he's currently out on loan at an EFL club and doing rather well. You've mentioned him on uh, what the EFL quite a lot. <laughs> um, just not enough clues there. I don't think. <laughs> 
just trying to promote my other content as any good freelancer would. <laughs> Do follow me on Twitter at Matt Davis. <laughs> and if you want some uplifting tweets, go to <laughs> S Johnson Sport. <laughs> I did tweet while well, Sam's thinking the answer. I did tweet last night. I said. 2023-24 season starts on August the 12th. Just seven months to go. <laughs> and then people replying going, is that the start of the championship season? <laughs> it's I all like going to be fine. I've got no idea. I've gone completely blank. And for the, the sake of the game, the spectacle, Simon can have it. Can't even think. Well, well, Simon, I've, been, you know it. I've been too busy burbling to make like high banter to even think. Uh, Stepped off the bench for Palace. Fairly late in the game. He's now out on loan in the EFL, making a name for himself. Uh, my mind's gone blank as well. But... All right, I'll throw out one more clue, and if this works for either of you, then um, jump in and get it. His Oh, I think brother... I've got it. Yeah, I got it, I think. Okay, go. Raksaki? First name? Oh, his that's... brother's part of the Chelsea Academy as well, you see, so he no, needs come to differentiate. No, come on. Um... <laughs> I would never have got that without you tearing me up. Um, Raksaki. No, I can't think of his first name. Uh, Luce, do we give him the point or not? No. What? Takes her head. She's the boss. <laughs> She's still 1 0. His L- name is Jezurin. I, honestly, I would. I knew it began with J, but I didn't want to butcher it. Oh, come on. I've got to get the point there, haven't I? Lucy's the boss. She says no. It's still so one nil. I think Lucy just wants to keep this interesting. I mean, that was just a stab in the dark. I had no idea he was once at Chelsea. Well, uh, you know, sorry. Well, Lucy yeah, says I, no. I had no idea. Oh, I'm glad I sort of... I know his brother was there because I've commentated on him. Lucy says you had quadruple clues for that, you two, so we can't give the point. Simon, here's your final question. I this thought that was a good get. Yeah, well, I mean, you can you can take it up with the big bosses if you like, but I think they've got bigger fish to fry. Simon, final question. Which former Chelsea striker failed to score whilst on loan at Palace from the Blues in 2017? Um, I think it's hard today. Yeah, no, it I is hard today. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with the standard, I've got to say. But I thought that you two could, could step up and... And meet the bar that I've raised, but I've pretty much got. Well, I've pretty much got every question correct, partly, and not got any points. I got a chance of a goal against Southampton and described it. You won nil up, but uh, this attitude might lead to a yellow, and then a second yellow, and then a three-game <laughs> ban if you're not careful. So. Um, Simon, you've been given a bit of bonus thinking time there. Well, Sam yeah. Mount, have you got an answer? No, I just, I just need to get on with work. So, just <laughs> so you, are, are you passing? Yeah, I put me in my misery. I just can't focus today. They've had someone from Chelsea every year, more or less, haven't they? Yeah. 2017. Yeah, I mean, you are one nil up in Simon's pass. So don't it's not him, much. though. Is it? It's not Batshuayi, but I have to say Batshuayi. It was Loic Remy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you ever remember that he had a loan spell at Palace? I certainly did not until I looked at this. All right, Sam, you can rub salt into the wound here uh, should you get this. Or if you don't, Simon could steal it and then he'll be delighted to learn that we'll be staying on with the bonus question that uh, Lucy will be frantically typing out. Um, Sam, Scott Sinclair once went on loan from Chelsea to Palace. Now 33, still playing, including loans. Sinclair has played for 14 different clubs. Mm. Name seven of them, please. (laughs) Oh, that was a funny noise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've had two in the question, so it's really name five. 
Uh, I've got no idea. Preston and Celtic. Correct. Correct. Um, Again, you've had two of them in the question, if you want to bump your numbers up a little. Chelsea and Palace. Correct, correct. Um, Three to get. Scott Sinclair. Oh, he was on fire at Swansea, wasn't he? He was. Two yeah. to go. Uh, two to go. That's that's five, isn't it? Correct. Do you want seven? Yes. Oh. <sighs> nah, nothing now. Um no, no, no idea. No All idea. Right. Uh, Watford and Derby. Uh, no, and no. Uh, Simon, I can't give you the point for stealing this because Sam's already got five of them. But do you know any more? Sam's going to be oh, really shit. cross with one of them. Oh, yeah, I got that one, yeah. It's one of them, Middlesbrough. No, it wasn't. I'm going to bring this to a halt now for everybody's sanity. Uh, QPR's Plymouth, one, yeah. QPR's one. Charlton, Birmingham, Wigan, Man City. You remember he signed for Man City on a perm after he did well at Swansea and stayed there for a cup of coffee. Mm. He went from there to West Brom, then Villa, Celtic, Preston, and he is currently at Bristol Rovers. That's the type of victory that you get, get you back on a roll. So hopefully this is a sign of things to come at the weekend. I'd call it an ill-tempered victory. A little um, grubby 1-0. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> right, that's just about going to do it for us today. Simon, you've mentioned this big piece you're working on with Liam. Really looking forward to that. You were also on the Athletic Football Podcast with Liam earlier this week, talking to Mark Chapman about all things Chelsea, right? Yeah, the Chuckle Brothers. Uh, <laughs> we were there to to give, I suppose, a teaser to, to what I'm going to write. Um, but yes, we, we talked in depth about all of uh, Chelsea's well, some of Chelsea's issues, but um, but yeah, this this piece, this piece, you know, is a hard one to write because obviously there's a lot going wrong, and I understand everyone's frustration, but I also sort of think there's a there's almost an air of inevitability about it when you think about it. Uh, I just you just sort of think the amount of changes that have happened at this club in such a short amount of time, and everyone still thinks it's. Chelsea, the team that wins a trophy every year and finishes top four, it's. I think. I think there's been a bit of a reality check for everyone that just just what is happening at the moment is is you're going to have to forget the past for for Chelsea to uh, kick on in the future. Yeah, I think Graham Potter um, was quite right when he said it's one of the most difficult jobs in football, given all the change that's happened at Chelsea. Um, so let's try and stick by him, I think, and see if he can turn it around. Sam, what are you up to this weekend? Uh, well, I'm doing the game on Sunday, Matt, so possibly with you. We'll wait to find out, shall we? Mm, yeah, well, that'll be a good time. There you go, I've called it. <laughs> Contentious, aggressive 1-0. Kaladu Koulibaly overhead kick from 25 yards out. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Trevor Chalabas fourth. Two and two, right, OK. <laughs> Either, we'll take it. Uh, elsewhere on The Athletic, you can read Liam's piece on last night's game. Joao Felix was having a fine Chelsea debut then ruined it with a red card. Uh, there's also a look ahead to that WSL game from our friend Flo Lloyd Hughes and lots of other good stuff there. Athletic.com slash Chelsea pod, the place to go to sign up if you are not currently a subscriber. That will do it for us today, though. Many thanks to Liam and Lucy for their tremendous
fabulous work on the joint voice note and to Simon and Sam for their insights too. We'll be back with you on Monday when we'll be definitely talking about two magnificent Chelsea victories in the WSL and in the Premier League. Thanks for your company today. Speak to you soon. Bye. The Athletic.